Okay, today my guest is Professor Agnieszka Cidlo. Agi. I will keep my uh, introduction short to maximize our time with her. In the next 30 minutes or so, we'll talk about Agi as a person. Uh, Professor Cidlo is a thought leader and an esteemed scholar, and finally is a mentor to many PhD students and junior faculty. For the sake of time, I'll skip many of her accomplishments and give you a very quick snapshot. Professor Chillo is the co-founder of the Annual Strategy and International Business Symposium and the founder of the Responsible Research Methods Symposium at Birmingham Business School. She is also the co-founder of the AIB Research Methods Shared Interest Group. She is an executive committee member of the Best Research Methods Paper Award at AIB and served as a vice president for Responsible Research Methods. She was the conference chair of the 45th AIB UK chapter. She's currently a panel member of the accreditation of MBA's working board member of the Responsible Research in Business and Management Network. She serves or has served on editorial boards of uh, our top international journals. Uh, she's a consulting editor at Entrepreneurship Business and Economics Review, editorial board member at Economic Thought and Practice, editorial advisor board member at Journal of uh, World Business, and senior editor at International Business Review, and co-editor at Management International Review. Thank you, Agi, for, for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Pleasure is mine. Uh, first question, what did you want to become when you were a child? Uh, it's a very good question. Um, when I was a child, I wanted to be a doctor, a cardiologist. And this is because uh, my mom, uh, my mom had uh, uh, some health issues and I didn't like to see her suffering. So as a child, I thought I will cure her or I will help her with the pain. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Poland in a little town called Drawno in the Zachodnio-Pomorskie region or the Western Pomerania region. Okay. And uh, how did you choose academia later on? Um, I was... Uh, Growing up in a very small town where education was very important um, and uh, growing up in a Roman Catholic family, um, I looked up to my teachers and I really liked the profession. So it was uh, something that I wanted to do from, from young ages. And um, I wanted to be a doctor uh, but then things changed and uh, I, I chose a different path. And why did you choose IB? Or, or, and especially within IB, uh, you're an expert in research methods. How did that come about? Um, I think life is a journey. So that was a journey. I think I could start from the beginning. So I grew up in Poland, as I mentioned, and I... Uh, uh, in the mid-twenties, I moved to England. And before I moved to England, I witnessed the, the change of the, the regime. I am, as you could say, as you could say, I am a, a child who grew up under the Soviet Union regime. So uh, in the 80s, when the new government led by the Solidarity Trade Union, Lech Wałęsa, very well-known name, uh, took power in Warsaw and committed itself to the transforming the centrally planned economy imposed by the communist government to a free market economy. 
I was fascinated by the invasion, if you like, of the foreign companies into the, the Polish market. And what stuck in my head as a teenager uh, was that why McDonald's goes to a particular location? Why don't they come to my town? What's so attractive in the other location? So I think uh, that move and the fascination uh, led me to, to study international business, which took me away from becoming the cardiologist that I wanted to be as a child. So one good thing came out of McDonald's, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, something that is not on your CV that people might find interesting about you. I wouldn't say they would find it interesting. I think you know, it's up to the people how I would find it. But uh, when I was uh, doing my PhD studies or even master degree in Poland, I did private tuition. I taught math because I, I was quite academically astute uh, and I enjoy analytics or maths. So I thought in order to earn money, I can do what I can do best, which is teach kids. Um, I also did uh, some cleaning. I was a cleaner in the school where my son is now uh, a pupil. Uh, and sort of an intriguing story is that I am now the governor in that school. So that's the journey. Um, I was a kitchen assistant. So as a, as a person, I don't shy away from any work, but on a professional CV, I think you wouldn't put those things. Right. Um, um, if you stop doing uh, what you're doing today, uh, what's the second best alternative career path for you? What would you do? If I had the opportunity to retrain and age would not be a, a barrier, I would become the cardiologist because I think I would like to, to help people uh, with the suffering that they go through in life. And life is not an easy journey for some. And we are very lucky, or I am very lucky to be where I am. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was reading this newspaper article about this, uh, this guy who got a, a medical uh, degree, um, engineering degree, architecture degree, and law degree. And he's practicing all four at the same time. So um, it is possible. Why not? Um, regrets. Have you got any regrets? Uh, I think the only regret I have is not to be able to enjoy the, the learning journey from when you start your PhD or finish your PhD until you become a professor. And I know it's easy to say once you achieve that final goal, which is the, the recognition to, to be a professor. But if I could turn the clock, I would enjoy it a little bit more. Hmm. Where did you get your PhD? I received my PhD at Staffordshire University in United Kingdom okay. in 2006. Uh, so okay. it's been, I think, 14 years now. Perfect. Uh, what was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? It's a very good question. Um, I wouldn't say a big failure. To me, as I already mentioned, life is a journey. You learn every day. You try to make the best decision given the circumstances you find yourself. So when I look back at my life or academic professional life, 
I'd like to think that I made best uh, decisions given the, the information given to me and the circumstances I found myself in. Uh, so I can't say I've made a big mistake. Uh, I can reflect and say, okay, I wish I've done something differently, but hindsight is a great thing that sometimes we don't have it at a particular time. So to answer your question, I don't think I have many regrets or big failures. Okay. Um... What are you most passionate about? It's a very good question. I think I'm passionate about integrity, integrity about uh, my own work. Um, I'm passionate about uh, the field I belong to. And we are very lucky uh, to have a field like this. We are lucky with the friendships that we develop through our journeys. So um, those are the things I'm passionate about. Do you remember your first conference? Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Uh, the first AIB conference I attended, it was in 2004, and it was the Academy of International Business UK and I chapter in, in, at University of Ulster in Northern mm. Ireland. Okay. Um. Let's switch to the research segment. Uh, say um, you're stranded in a, in a pub in a small village. Uh, locals don't know anything about you. How do you explain your research to people who don't read your work regularly? And how do you explain the importance of your research to them? Oh, it's very hard. I have to say, I, I've been asked that many times. And so what I tend to say is that I, uh, my work focuses on two things. Um, first, I look at the reasons as to why companies locate their business operations in a particular location that can be either town, city uh, or a region and how and if such operation contributes to the development and growth of that location. And second, I'm interested in the quality, comparability and rigor of the data that we collect um, as a community and myself as a scholar. And I would say this is important because um, knowing where firms uh, locate their operation can help governments uh, develop economic growth uh, strategies, which can benefit the people that live in those locations if they are done right. And uh, with regards to the data, I think that it's important that the decision we as scholars or myself as an individual and policy make is uh, are based on a data that is um, trustworthy and reliable because at the end of the day, those decisions affect lives. Um, that, that was very good. That was very precise. Um, about, um, I want to be more, more precise than that though. Um, some of the forgotten variables or some of the uh, underdeveloped, underutilized contexts in IV that we need to um, be thinking more of. It's a, again, this is, you, you're asking very good questions, very challenging questions. So you're linking to what I've just said, I think, um, and I might be biased, uh, but linking to my own interests, I would say that um, it would be the spatial element of examining location choices of the firms. 
In international business, we already have a well-developed uh, and vibrant discussion, uh, discussion centered on location choices of multinational companies. And those discussions, uh, in my view, tend to either use logistic regression or discrete choice modeling uh, to analyze the, the uh, location choices. I would like uh, to see a bit more diverse uh, statistical analysis and an example could be bringing spatial regressions into the discussion of location choices because we know that locations are not homogeneous, they are heterogeneous. So uh, bringing or analyzing the, the spatial heterogeneity and spatial dependence would help us to better understand the location choices of multinational companies or companies and also, I think, uh, considering the methodological debates that are taking place uh, in our field, I would say it would be the significance of context and equivalence to, to understand the complex phenomenon that we as a community trying to understand. Uh, can I ask you about the current debate, um, a heated debate on um, uh, research methods in IB. What are the current uh, big topics uh, that are of interest to, to IB scholars? I think following the, the editorial, uh, Jib's editorial, the uh, editorial about data transparency and rigor and replicability, uh, and the, the discussions about the same topics that are taking place in a wider social science, I think it, I would say it's the credibility and replicability of our work and how trustworthy is our work uh, mm. within the scientific inquiry. So those are the, the debates I, I, I think are quite important and relevant to move our field forward. Sure. Uh... About creativity in scholarship, um, say uh, your mind is wandering in a state of idle curiosity. Uh, how does your mind work? Uh, how do you come up with uh, interesting research questions? What's the process for you? For me, I like uh, to talk to, to colleagues from different fields first to understand, you know, what's going on in their fields and how do I fit in within the thinking. I also try to map out in my head what is the best methodology that I could use within the skill and capabilities I have mm -hmm. uh, to examine the phenomenon. So it's, uh, it's not a discrete process, it's a continuous process. Um, so it varies, uh, okay. but I constantly tend to question whether the work I do is relevant, rigorous, and how I can make it rigorous. Because at the end of the day, we are in a very fortunate position to have the, the jobs, the opportunities that we have, and we can make a true impact. Uh, Aki, a patient comes to you and says uh, he or she doesn't have a passion at the moment. He, she's looking for a uh, dissertation topic. And what's your advice for, uh, what would you say that you think will be and you look at your crystal ball, uh, the next five to 10 years of the field is going to be uh, very fruitful if you pursue such and such 
research question. What would be some of these research questions, dissertation topics uh, be for PhD students? You see, I would first uh, like to get to know that person a little bit more and to see what that person is interested in. Um, because doing a PhD is a very lonely journey or it can be a lonely journey. Is It can be a long journey. So taking a, a project or a topic that the person is not interested in can be quite challenging. So having to know that person, I would then direct the person on the latest reading. But uh, nowadays we, we know that sustainability is an important topic. Um, the agenda is driven by United, United Nations. So I would, if I could, I could, uh, I would direct that individual within those topics of interest because they are not going to go away very quickly. And I think that the topics could be of potential interest and growth to that individual. And uh, their relevance would be important as well. True, true. So uh, looking back, um, at least over the past say, 15, 20 years, uh, you can talk about an evolution in the field uh, from where we were and from where we are headed to. Uh, what can you say about the evolution? Uh, are we um, losing something along the way? Are, are we gaining something? Uh, what can you say about the evolution? I think, um, as, as you know, uh, IB is quite, uh, it's 50 years old. Uh, so you would say in comparison to other social science, we are still young uh, discipline. Uh, we are evolving rapidly. We are examining challenging phenomena, uh, which are very complex. And uh, uh, looking at the, the work that has been done recently, I would say that we have been quite heavily relying on, the, um, on one paradigm, which is uh, the positivist paradigm. And uh, I would like to bring more diversity, methodological diversity. So uh, bringing different methodologies, I think it would enhance uh, the field and would give a, a breath uh, to the more breath to the field, and it would uh, enhance innovation, which could be, which is a very good thing in my view. Yeah. So, um, about. Uh... I don't want to ask about uh, the benefits or the drawbacks of a positivist view, but um, what's next? Well, what can be a uh, next step in furthering our uh, uh, research style? What's, what's the next step? From methodological point yeah. of view, I think yeah. it's the diversity. You know that... Uh, Catherine Welsh's work, uh, Theorizing from Case Study, has been awarded a, a decade award paper. It's a wonderful paper, which brings the, the role of context into analyzing qualitative research. So I think we as a field should build on it and bring diversity uh, due to the complex phenomenon uh, that we examine. So it's not just a positivist approach, we can bring more interpretivist approach to examining the, the phenomena that we do. And that is a very welcome step mm -hmm. in our IB community. And I think bringing innovation, general innovation, uh, that would definitely enhance our field. We 
and again, there are a number of editorials with regards to grand challenges and relevance, and we're doing very well with that, I think. But uh, where we could enhance our field is through methodological innovation. Perfect. Um, let's, let's switch to mentoring and advice. Uh, who was your advisor when you were going through the program? When I did my PhD, uh, my supervisor's name was Irash Saif. He's not in an IB uh, discipline. He's an economist. Uh, and he was quite instrumental in my journey. Uh, he always kept my feet on the ground. And, uh, and I think throughout PhD, you meet others. Uh, so I've met a number of eminent scholars in IB during my first conference in all five mentioned and I can just name a few which is Steve Young who unfortunately passed away uh, this year, Pervis Gary. So there were people that were instrumental in my professional development and uh, I, I always felt welcome in the community. What was the best advice you received from your advisors or mentors or people who led the way for you? What was the best advice uh, you from the advice I was given was enjoy what you're doing. Mm. Um, because if you enjoy what you're doing, uh, you make contributions true. and be true to yourself. Now, uh, now you're on the other side. Uh, you are in the position of giving advice. Uh, what are some of the common mistakes that you see junior faculty, uh, PhD students uh, make and uh, so the, the question is really what not to do. Things that you see that they are doing, that you say, don't do these things. What, what I think, yes, of course. Uh, I think junior colleagues are now pressured uh, so much because of the publishing parish culture and understanding in the academic community. So they tend to rush. Uh, they want things very quickly. They tend to rush data collection analysis. So my advice would be take it easy. Um, uh, seek advice um, try to understand what you're doing, why you are doing, because uh, your outputs have a sort of implication for your career. Uh, your output shape your credibility, your output shape your standing within the communities that you publish. This one. I think I said three, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't rush, okay. Seek advice, yes. And uh, manage your project in a responsible way. Um, also try to learn um, how to write academically. Attend as many conferences and meetings as possible so that you learn and understand the discussions that are taking place within the community you want to belong to, you want, uh, you want to be. Do you write every day? No, I don't. Uh, I try to juggle so many things. I like to, uh, I try to read as much as I can uh, within a week, but I don't write every day. So when you're writing a paper, uh, do you have blocks of time uh, and then it's uh, disrupted by something else and then you get back to it for a couple of days at a time? Is that how you work? No, uh, the way I do it is that I like to, before I start a write, I like to read. 
I'd like to have an understanding about the discussions that are taking place around the topic or phenomenon that I will be writing about. I then, because we we, we don't just write, we, we have uh, administrative responsibilities, we have teaching responsibilities, and we all have families or uh, social interactions. So once I uh, start writing project, I then ensure that I have time slots within the week. So I organize my activities within the week so that I have either one day within a week just dedicated to writing, or I find space in the week or uh, in the evenings or in the weekend. So it varies depending on the obligations I have for that particular week. But I like to plan my writing. Perfect. Um, uh, Aki, um, what's the question that I should have asked you but haven't? I think you've asked very good questions and you've covered quite a lot. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, the, yeah, so. Nothing else to add? Uh, I think the question you could ask me, why UK? You go, why did I come to UK? Why did you? Uh, I think for a kid who grew up in Poland under the Soviet regime, uh, I have learned so much about the, the British economy. So it was a natural thing for me to, to come to the country and experience the educational system. Huh. So uh, while you were in high school or uh, earlier uh, in, in Poland, uh, you guys were reading about the British uh, economic systems? Yes, we did towards okay. the end of the high school, because at the beginning of my uh, education in Poland, the only foreign language we could learn was Russian. So uh, in the late, uh, towards the late of the 90s, I was able to learn uh, other language than Russian and I picked English. I see. Uh, fascinating, really. Uh, Thank you so much, Agi, for, for, for this uh, very delightful, interesting uh, interview. Uh, I learned a lot. I'm sure the audience will agree with me. Uh, thank you for your time. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.